The Ohio State Buckeyes are not a top three team in the country right now. That and more of my opinions from week one around the Big Ten. Locked on Big Ten starts right now. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Big Ten. I'm Craig Scheman. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. We're so glad you're here. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Of course, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash On to get started well on today's episode we got a lot to cover here first of all the Buckeyes struggle in their season opener uh, plus we're gonna look at Penn State and Drew Aller phenomenal they look like they're in midseason form no team no game left uncovered on this episode plus we'll have our Big Ten top 10 coming up as well things that jumped out at me be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Big Ten for free wherever you get your podcast that way you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it becomes available each and every day. All right. Week one has come and gone. What a weekend we have. Let's start with the Ohio State Buckeyes, shall we? Almost every poll in the country has them ranked in the top three. But I watched their entire game against the Indiana Hoosiers in Bloomington on Saturday, and they are not a top three team in the country right now. Will they be later? Maybe. Will they fall this week? Maybe. Uh, Look, they were 30-point favorites in that game. They won 23-3, and they only scored two touchdowns versus the Hoosiers. How many are they going to score against Michigan's defense? How many are they going to score against Penn State's defense? I think it's an issue right now. Now it's week one. We'll get to it here. But I spent all summer long telling you about the, the greatest wide receiver duo in college football belong to Ohio State, and I believe it still does. But Marvin Harrison Jr. had two catches for 18 yards against Indiana. Emeka Abuka had three catches for 16 yards. That's it. They were basically shut down. And, of course, the quarterback has been the story at Ohio State all summer long in this quarterback battle between Kevin McCord and Devin Brown. They both played. They were both sluggish and underwhelming in this football game. Um, you know, we waited the entire camp for Ryan Day to announce his starting quarterback. We were led to believe that it was not a matter of both quarterbacks failing to distinguish themselves for that starting job. We were told that the Buckeyes were actually blessed that they had two super high-quality starters on the roster, and naming a starter would be a tough task, and it went down to the wire. McCord and Brown both looked a step slow. Now, McCord played a lot more. Neither found the end zone. Zero touchdown passes in this game. In fact, uh, McCord threw across his body over the middle, a no-no for any quarterback, got picked off, didn't look good. Brown completed one pass for negative two yards. That's it. But it wasn't a total loss. I mean, remember, they did win the game. That's what they're supposed to do. As far as McCord, he ended up uh, completing 20 of 33 passes for 239 yards. His best pass, I'm going to give him some credit here. His best pass of the day didn't count. 
It was uh, a throw to Marvin Harrison in the end zone, but Harrison had stepped out of bounds on his route, came back in. They negated it. It was a pretty pass. So there's definitely some talent there. But, you know, we were led to believe all summer that you know, Ryan Day was forced to choose between, like, uh, Joe Burrow slash versus C.J. Stroud type situation, that kind of a competition for the job. And that clearly was not the case. But, I mean, he's got a great track record with quarterbacks. Ryan Day does. I mean, C.J. Stroud, Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields, all the past. Remember, Joe Burrow was not good enough to crack this lineup. He had a transfer to LSU. So, we do have to give Ryan Day the benefit of the doubt. Just because they got out to a slow start doesn't mean it's the end of the world. So don't fret, Buckeye fan. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He still wins games, Ryan Day does. You won that game. You know, and Ohio State's got a team where they could kind of look sluggish and motor along for a while and still win games. And you know, it all comes to a crescendo at the end of the season. But um, he's had some stellar quarterback play in the past. Maybe he just kept things kind of simple, the play calling simple for this first game. There could be a lot of reasons for this. There's always improvement between week one and week two for most good football teams. And I look, I still expect that to be the case, but that just didn't happen in week one. The Buckeyes and the quarterback situation did not pass the eyeball test. And um, they're not a top three team in the country right now. They're not. They're not. Uh, again, I can't tell you how many times I was watching that game against Indiana, and I thought to myself, boy, if they play like this against Michigan or Penn State, they're going to be in trouble. But those games are later on. Again, this is time to work it out. So, again, don't hit the panic button, Ohio State. But it wasn't. It didn't look good. It didn't look good in the win against Indiana. Meanwhile, you know who did look good? Penn State. They beat West Virginia 38-15. Started out slow, but then just kind of, Got a big lead and kept cruising in the second half. It was a raucous night game out there at Happy Valley. And quarterback Drew Aller, look, he looks like he's going to be something special. You can see the talent when you look at him. So we're going to talk more about him in tomorrow's podcast here. And how he's he might be the best quarterback in Big Ten. Might. Just relax, everybody. I'll put it together later on if you disagree. But he gets his chance after backing up five-year starter Sean Clifford. Hit nine different receivers. Threw for 325 yards and three touchdowns in the win. In fact, he had 200 yards throwing by the half. And that one play that he was uh, scrambling a little bit, found Keandre Lambert-Smith for uh, two touchdowns, but that one where he's scrambling, just kind of flicked the wrist. And the, they scored a 72-yard touchdown on the play. was uh, was a thing of beauty. It was. And again, the crowd was amazing out there. And their running game was effective as well. Uh, Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen do what they do. They combine for 121 yards and a touchdown. And Penn State's defense looked pretty good, too. They forced four punts and um, forced three turnovers on downs as well. So look out, Big Ten. I told you all summer long, I think Penn State is right up there with Ohio State and maybe Michigan. So speaking of Michigan, look, they had a pretty routine day against East Carolina, and that was without their suspended head coach, Jim Harbaugh, I think the best play of the day was J.J. McCarthy showing up with the free Har- uh, free Harbaugh shirt, the jersey on. I thought that was pretty cool. And then he threw for three touchdowns uh, to Roman Wilson. Big day between those two, the BD East Carolina, 30-3. McCarthy also completed 86% of his passes in the game. That was pretty remarkable. It was an easy day out there. They had 15 in a row at one time. Uh, they got UNLV coming up next. So, 
Um, Wisconsin was the other big observation I, I wanted to talk about here in this opening segment as well. We were told all along, Luke Fickle, Phil Longo, the offensive coordinator, they're going to come in here and have this big air attack. Going to be throwing the ball, chucking it all over the place. Um, I did tell you last week that Phil Longo at North Carolina uh, ran the ball 45% of the time, right? Much more balanced attack. I did tell you that on either last Thursday or Friday. Well, get ready for some math. Not my strong suit, but Ches Malusi from Naples, Florida, rushed for 157 yards and two touchdowns. Braylon Allen added 141 yards and a couple touchdowns. So uh, between them, I think the math is 298 yards rushing and four touchdowns from Wisconsin's running backs in the 38-17 win over Buffalo. Not so much of an air attack at all. But, um, look, they're going to go with what works or what, what's working that particular day against that particular opponent, and they have that running component if they need it, and it looked pretty good. Uh, maybe it was necessary. I mean, SMU transfer, uh, Tanner Mordecai threw two picks for the Badgers that day, maybe. Anyway, all these games, I love your opinions on. Hit me on uh, on uh, Twitter at TalkBig10 and also um, here on YouTube. And you saw, if you're watching on the video just a moment ago, I had a crawl going. we got a brand-new website we're very excited about. TalkBig10.com. Hit us up. Check it out. Everything's there. It's our landing page. Very excited. Very proud of that. Um, in addition to that, in the comments, we're going to talk about the Iowa Hawkeyes. Did the offense do enough to quiet the critics? Were you still They won the game. They won the game. We'll discuss that. And who was the most disappointing team in the Big Ten in the opening weekend? All that's coming up right here on Lockdown Big Ten. want to tell you about Athletic Brewing Company. In fact, um, they have completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. Their award-winning brews beat out full-strength beers in global taste competitions around the world. Uh, in fact, here's some right here. They sent some to my house. There you go. That's what it looks like. I got a little citrus flavor here going. Uh, very excited. Uh, I can just drink it now. It's non-alcoholic, right? Um, Athletic Brewing Company. Brews over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer. They do IPAs. They do Goldens. They do Sours. Anything you think of, they do it. They experiment with new flavors all the time. And uh, they're a fit for all times, like hosting a podcast. You could do that. No problem. Watching the game. Watching your kid's game. Again, it's non-alcoholic, right? Working out. Really. I mean, you could anytime. And, and no hangovers either. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you. Or you could buy it online, as a matter of fact, at athleticbrewing.com. That's athleticbrewing.com. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. All right. So I want to keep going here and talking about week one of the Big Ten. Who had... The most disappointing weekend in the Big Ten. I'll take nominations right now. Maybe it was Purdue. Maybe it was Nebraska. Maybe it was Illinois. Let's get into this. Uh, of course, uh, the Matt Rule era seemed like the Scott Frost era, if you want to go back in time. And that's the reason Scott Frost got fired is because kept losing all these games and they keep losing these games by one scores. And since 2021, I could go further back. I'm just going back through 2021. Nebraska's two and 14 in one score games. 
And they were in position to win on the road at Minnesota last week until the late turnover opened the door for Minnesota to tie the game and then end up hitting a game-winning field goal. Gophers win, 13-10. Take the under on that one. Not a lot of scoring in that game. So uh, that's a candidate. Uh, Illinois, they needed everything but the kitchen sink to beat Mac favorite Toledo on Saturday. They were down 19-7 to at one point at home. Um, it was in the third quarter. It was nineteen to seven. The Fighting Illini needed that last-second field goal to win. At least they got the win. But I don't know how Brett Bielema was feeling about that game. But I honestly think I have to think the biggest disappointment has to go to Purdue. Um, I predicted that this game would go down to the wire against Fresno State, and and it did. It absolutely did. There's probably no shame. For the Boilers and losing this game, Fresno is a good program. They've won 10 games, two seasons in a row. This is a good, good, good program. They came in here wanting to win and wanting to knock off a Big Ten team, and they did it. So uh, not a lot of shame, but I think it was pretty disappointing for a lot of reasons out there. I think there were some uh, ex- excitement and high expectations for Purdue. Purdue, they were in the Big Ten championship game last year out of the West and you know, they got their hundred year old facility, Ross aid stadium had a facelift. Everybody was excited to be there. And it was Ryan Walters first game as head coach. And of course, Texas transfer Hudson card had a nice day with 254 yards and a couple of touchdowns. And uh, he was in there battling. It was a pretty good football game. It really was. So by the way, on a bright spot, you can definitely see the arm talent with Hudson Carr. I think he's going to have a good year for Purdue. So you've got yourself a good quarterback, Boilermakers. So that's the upside to all that. So I'm, I'm going to say it was Purdue with the most disappointing weekend uh, for all the teams in the Big Ten. Other observations I had, and again, we got all week to get into this, but then before you know it, we're going to be spinning into week two here on Lockdown Big Ten. But Michigan State got off to that super slow start against Central Michigan on Friday night. Uh, before winning 31 to seven, I will tell you, remember we were told by Mel Tucker that we will know who his starting quarterback is when whoever takes the field for the first snap. Well, it turned out to be Noah Kim. I'd like to pat myself on the back. I told you it was going to be Noah Kim. So between Noah Kim and Michigan state and Kyle McCord, Ohio state, I'm two and oh, I'm predicting who the right core, who this starting quarterback would be uh, this, this, uh, this season to start the season. So uh, they end up, um, Went in the football game there. Now, here's an interesting scenario. We're going to be talking about this a lot this season. Iowa. Iowa. They got the win. Uh, it was a fun day overall. Now, you know the deal with offensive coordinator. In fact, I hear from you, you Iowa fans all the time. Brian Ferentz, offensive coordinator. This team needs to average uh, 25 points a game in order for him to not be fired because they were so disappointed in the offense the past couple of years. Their defense has been, uh, been, you know, the only reason they're winning. And so if they need to hit 25 points. Well, they won 24 to 14. So I'm, I'm just curious if this happens a lot. Well, look, they won by 10 against, uh, against Utah State. And they scored 24, not 25. I know there were a lot of fans unhappy about it still. And I don't want to be a stickler because a win is a win. Now, going into the game, Kirk Ferentz, he uh, he left some doubt as early as Tuesday of last week of whether Michigan transfer Cade McNamara was actually going to play quarterback. And as you know, I've built my whole argument all summer long on any time I've posted a podcast about Iowa and high expectations for them. The deal was 
Cade McNamara was going to improve their offense. He wasn't going to be all world, not going to go win to Heisman, but he's going to make it better. And their offense just needs to be a little better. Their defense is good again this year. That's enough to make a difference. Well, here's the deal. Cade McNamara, and the reason he was doubtful to play as far back as Tuesday is because he hasn't hardly taken any snaps here this offseason. He's been hurt. Uh, a quad injury. And then he had a knee or injury last year. So he, he, they were worried he wouldn't even be ready for the game. Just isn't familiar enough with the team. Didn't do much in the spring, didn't do much in the summer, and now it's game time. But to his credit, he, he did play. He got out there. And so I don't know if the statement by Kirk Ferentz was out of abundance of caution or if it was just gamesmanship, not letting anybody know who, if he was going to play or not. But he went out there and he played. And, in fact, his first pass was a 36-yard touchdown. His first pass is Iowa Hawkeye to Seth Anderson. And, or Seth Anderson. And, um, you know, later he found his co-Michigan transfer tight end, Eric All for a touchdown. So, great. But it was very clear to me as I was watching this game that he was kind of playing at three-quarter speed. He was protecting himself, as he should have. He you know, didn't want to get this injury aggravated. And he just, he just wasn't himself. He wasn't as mobile as he could have been. At one point, he threw six straight incompletions. But then uh, kind of a moment to hold your breath in the third quarter. He got, he got kind of twisted around on a on a pass rush and came up limping after that. It was kind of limping the rest of the day, certainly re-aggravated something. So stay tuned, Hawkeye fans. I, uh, I don't know uh, if that's the, I guess Kirk Ferentz said that this is going to be a situation that is going to have to be managed for the rest of the season. And it's not going to be anything that's going to go away real quick. So that's the latest going on with Iowa elsewhere. Talia Tonga threw three touchdowns for the Terps. Easy 38, six win over Mike Loxley's alma mater Towson. Host Charlotte up next is Maryland kind of just eases its toe into the season with the early schedule. Sunday afternoon saw Greg Schiano's Rutgers football team dominate Northwestern 24 to seven. The game wasn't even that close quarterback. Gavin Wimsick got to give him credit. Uh, the offense ate up 38 minutes time of possession in that game. In fact, um, he led not one, but two 16 play drives. I've never seen that before. <laughs> that's just, that's incredible. Northwestern, on the other hand, playing its first game since the hazing scandal, they they avoided a shutout. They got a late touchdown. At least kind of cheering for them to do that to have something positive on this. But David Brown and the squad, they're gonna have a very, very long season. So that's it in a nutshell and more. What did you think? Hit me up on Twitter or your comments here. Uh, Twitter is at Talk Big Ten. You just saw uh, we got a new website, uh, TalkBigTen.com. We're very excited about. Hit me up with comments here on YouTube. And uh, I get to all those as well. Absolutely. want to thank all you guys for making us your first listen every day here on lockdown, big 10. And since the college football season is here, locked on is kick, kicking up our coverage with the lockdown college football kickoff. It's live every Friday. I think it was about an hour, two hour show last week. I contributed. I was uh, chiming in there with uh, my thoughts on the big 10. It goes live on this channel. And all other locked on uh, college channels as well. But make sure you catch it on this one live on Fridays throughout the season from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Again, every locked on college YouTube channel will have it. It is college football kickoff live, covers everything schedules, implications, playoff implications, rivalries, in depth stuff like only locked on could do. And uh, the insight and analysis from our stable of locked on college hosts is uh, incredible. 
It's absolutely incredible. So, again, find Lockdown College Football Kickoff live every Friday from 11 to 1 on this uh, Lockdown YouTube channel. And then an edited, condensed, it's about an hour, hour, 10 minutes, an audio-only version uh, comes out later that you can listen to as well on the audio podcast. So just want to let you know about that. It's every Friday. Uh, meanwhile, be sure to subscribe this one. Click. It's free. And you're in. You're in our Big Ten Club uh, on YouTube. And you can also share, follow, and like Lockdown Big Ten no matter how you check us out. Uh, coming up is our next weekly feature. It is our Big Ten Top Ten. My top ten observations from this weekend in the Big Ten. All that coming up on Lockdown Big Ten. And uh, I want to talk to you about FanDuel, this great deal they've got going on as you get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers, new customers. You can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. You got yourself set up for that yet? Remember, it's switching. It's not on that old satellite dish anymore. Uh, it's from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. And um, you can visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer that you don't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so I want to do this. Um, this is cool because we've actually got games to talk about. We've done our top tens on Friday all summer long since we took over this channel. We've gotten creative with it. Top ten helmets, top ten defenses, whatever the case may be. We This is our Big Ten top ten. I told you I was going to come out every uh, Monday in the season and give you my top ten observations from all the Big Ten games. And this is going to be a lot of fun. So... Let's get to it here, and I'm going to put it up on the screen. If you're listening on audio only, I will uh, I will describe it in detail. So here are my top ten observations from this weekend in the Big Ten. And also, if you're only listening on audio, I'm crawling my new uh, website on the bottom, talkbigten.com. Check it out. All right, let's get to our top ten list. Uh, up on the screen, here we go at number ten. And uh, I'm going to start out with kudos to kickers. Minnesota's Dragon Kasich nailing the 47-yarder uh, at the horn to beat Nebraska. And then also Illinois' kicker Caleb Griffin hitting a 29-yarder with five seconds to go to save the day for the Fighting Illini in their opener against Toledo. So kudos to kickers at number 10. At number 9, the Wisconsin air attack, question mark. Listen, they told us they were going to be airing it out, but Jez uh, Malusi. Uh, and Braylon Allen combined for 298 yards and four touchdowns in their win versus Buffalo. Hey, whatever it takes, right? That in itself was impressive, even though they weren't throwing the ball much. Tanner Mordecai, um, you know, less than stellar day, but they didn't they didn't really need him to do much in the air. They were able to run the ball with, with ease. And number eight, Iowa quarterback Cade McNamara, his first pass. How cool is that? His first pass as a Hawkeye was a touchdown to Seth Anderson. That is something everybody will remember. I thought that was a very cool moment. I put it at number eight. At number seven, Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy. Look, he had a pretty good day. 15 passes completed in a row. He completed 86% of his passes on the day. 
uh, against East Carolina, but the best thing he did was wear that free Harbaugh jersey in the pregame. I loved it. I thought that was cool. At number six, I'm going to put uh, Penn State quarterback Drew Aller. He looked like an old pro. He really did. He found nine receivers, 325 yards. He threw for three touchdowns. It looked like he'd been doing it forever. And again, Penn State has just had so much stability at, uh, at quarterback. So Drew Aller at number six. At number five, staying with Penn State. The atmosphere at that game on Saturday night against West Virginia was electric. Uh, it almost looked like a whiteout. It was incredible, but a lot of fun. So I put that up here on number five. At number four on my list, I got to give some credit to Rutgers quarterback Gavin Wimsett. Okay. The not one, but two 16 play drives, just chewing up clock. I'm again, I've never seen anything like that. You don't see six, a singular 16 play drive, but to have two of them. And uh, that resulted in the win against Northwestern, and they won the time of possession battle at 38 minutes. We're going to stick with Rutgers at number three, wide receiver Ian Strong, getting that foot down in the corner of the end zone on the end of that first 16-play drive for Rutgers was a thing of beauty, so he's number three on the list. At number two, it's all receivers here. At number two, Michigan State wide receiver Tyrell Henry with that Odell Beckham Jr.-like grab, reaching back behind him to haul it in with one hand against Central Michigan on Friday. And at number one, my number one observation, part of our top ten observations by me this weekend, is Minnesota wide receiver Daniel Jackson with the toe drag against Nebraska to tie the game late. Again, he was flying at full speed toward the side of the end zone. His right leg was out of bounds. He was in the air. His right leg was going to land out of bounds, but somehow he's able to lift the toe and the ankle and the calf without pulling any muscles and just keep it elevated just an inch above the ground until that left foot was able to tap the toe on the turf and it counted as a touchdown. It was a thing of beauty. I have mentioned many times here. I, I wonder if that might be the best highlight of the year. And it's just week one. Are we just going to keep topping that each and every week? It is absolutely remarkable. So anyway, wanted to let that, if you have any thoughts on my 10, did I get them out of order? Did I forget anything? Hit me up at Talk Big Ten. Also, comments here on YouTube. And as you see on the scroll the bottom, don't forget our brand new website, talkbig10.com. By the way, that's the number 10, Talk Big Ten, number 10, talkbig10.com. Check it out. All right. Pretty good, uh, pretty good list there, I think. Anyway, um, want to thank everybody for making Lockdown Big Ten your first listen every day. And you, every day, is out there. Our next show. Going to dive into why Penn State's Drew Aller might be the best quarterback in the Big Ten. A little controversy there, maybe, for some Michigan fans. I don't know. Nevertheless, that uh, we're going to hit that up, and I can't wait to get into that discussion. Uh, again, interact with me at, uh, at Talk Big Ten here on YouTube. Subscribe, 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 and follow and share this episode, please. I'm asking you. You'll be doing me a great favor as this particular channel, Lockdown Big Ten, continues to grow and grow. You'll get the latest episode of Lockdown Big Ten as soon as it becomes available every day if you are a subscriber. I want you to check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast for the latest on everything else going on in sports as well. Have yourself a great day, and I can't wait to talk again. My name is Craig Scheman, and this is Locked On Big Ten.